You know, just changing the subject altogether, Miriam, today is my 10th anniversary at BCD Travel. Wow. And you were the first person I met, one of the first people I met in London 10 years ago today. I was? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone has a, the first time I met Miriam's story. I have not heard this one. <laughs> they took us out for dinner at St. Pancras Station when we were there and we were talking there. But that was 10 years ago today. It's my, it's my anniversary. Welcome to Connections with BCD Travel, an ongoing conversation about the modern-day travel program, the impact of technology and digitization, and how travel buyers can take control and drive change. Each episode leaves you with practical, actionable advice and solutions to support a variety of program needs. Let's start connecting. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I am Chad Lemon, and I'm your host for the Connections with BCD Travel podcast. And I'm your co-host, Miriam Moscovich. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and download the Connections with BCD Travel podcast so you don't miss one second of content. On today's episode, we're connecting digital payments and talking about the first steps in establishing a great payment strategy to running at full speed. It's a big topic to cover, but we've got a great guest full of tips and topics to think about. Absolutely. So welcome to Connections, Adrian. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do at BCD. Hi. Well, it's great to be here. I'm uh, Adrian Clark. I work in BCD's digital payments and expense product development team. Um, I've been with BCD for 10 years, and seven of those years have been uh, in payment-related roles. Adrian, there's so much we could talk about on this episode, but I'm really looking forward to discussing virtual payments, card programs, and how the traveler's wallet is evolving as they travel the world for business. So if you're ready, let's get to it. Yeah, let's go. Adrian, we know that digital payments are becoming increasingly important, but it's also a lot more fragmented now. So what's your take on digital payments right now? You know, you're, you're totally right. Over the past couple of years, payment has become a real hot topic. There's countless new startups all promising to be the payment solution of the future. Um, but it's great to see so much investment going into the payment space. But the downside of that is, is it's adding more fragmentation to what's already a really fragmented scene. Um, the challenge today is to identify the technologies that really can make a difference and offer solutions for the future. And let's not forget, payment for travel services is pretty unique. There are unique data uh, requirements, which are quite complex, and it's typically much more challenging than for other sectors. Adrian, what would you say is the state of digital payment in the travel industry? I'd say it's rapidly evolving. Um, some payment flows are well established. If you look at large and virtual cards, for instance, but they're not the, the solution for every scenario. There's challenges, for instance, with payments for low cost carriers in not only processing the payments, but also getting the data to the finance teams that they typically need in order to reconcile and post those transactions. Um, but because the situation is rapidly evolving with things like tokenization, crypto and more efficient and low cost ways of managing bank transfers, in the longer term, we're probably looking at a landscape where credit and lodge cards, as we currently know and understand them, will become obsolete. I hear what you're saying, Adrian, but for being honest, digital payment, at least in the travel industry, is a major friction point. So how are travel programs coping with all the friction? What are they doing to help both the program and the travelers? Well, there's a number of challenges today. We, we've got SCA, which continues to be a challenge in some cases. 
And also many of the mainstream methods I see as becoming pretty mainstream in the future aren't quite ready for the big time today. So travel managers solving for today's issues today are increasingly in turning to uh, virtual cards, which are a great solution. Um, they increase security. They can solve the SCA situation. They can enhance data flows and also remove the need for travellers using their own funds to pay for travel, which is really important for duty of care. Okay, I want to drill down on something you just said and something that I keep hearing about. What is SCA and why should we care about it? Ah, SCA. Well, SCA is Secure Customer Authentication, um, and it's it's now a legal requirement for many payments in Europe and increasingly in other markets too. Really? Um, it's a huge step forward in protecting against fraud because it requires each payment to be approved by the cardholder, either using an app or by entering a code that they receive by SMS. And that's all great for keeping you secure when you're ordering a pizza. But for travel payments, there's so many scenarios where it's actually a barrier to a smooth payment process. Yeah. Um, some card types, such as large cards and virtual cards, are currently generally exempt from SCA. Um, and in some cases, they offer a, a better route to keeping payment processes running smoothly. But there are still some scenarios where there's still considerable challenges. Um, and I think it's likely that that regulation is likely to increase more in the future. But I think it's really important to remember that though that regulation and the absolute necessity for that regulation will drive innovation towards more secure and streamlined payment processes in future. So virtual cards and payment sounds really great, but there's got to be some downside other than the unknown regulations down the road. Um, what should our listeners be looking for? as they think about these? Well, yeah, unfortunately, perfection doesn't exist. Um, there's well-known and documented challenges with using virtual cards for hotel payments, yeah. for instance. Um, the hotel industry in general still expects every guest to arrive at the front desk with a plastic card in mm -hmm. hand. Um, that's the world that the hotel industry operates in, but it's not the real world. And virtual cards are seen as the solution to, to solve for that. Um, and it works really very well. Um, however, there are still some instances where hotels will process a payment incorrectly. Let's not forget, each hotel is effectively run as a separate business. That's right. Um, with its own policies, its own procedures. And of course, you're relying on someone in the hotel to, to process that payment correctly. And that, unfortunately, is where the process can fall over sometimes. Now, there's a lot of work going on with within the hotel industry, with card providers, um, throughout the industry in general to, to improve that situation. Um, and it is improving. Let's not forget that hotel acceptance of virtual payment is around about 95 to 97% globally at the moment. Wow. When I first started in this role, maybe uh, seven or eight years ago, we were looking nearer to 75, 80%. So you can see there has been a big improvement, um, but there is still a way to go and there is a lot of effort going into making that happen. Adrian, I want to leave this topic for a second and talk about the other side of the story, which is reconciliation, reimbursement, things like that. Am I wrong for thinking that fragmented payment systems on the front end result in fragmented data on the back end? No, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think as more payment methods and processes enter the mainstream, there's the clear potential for it to become even more fragmented. What is all that great data destined for, though? Expense tools, more reports, finance tools, what's going on with it? Well, in my vision for the future, and, and I know this may be controversial, expense management tools as we know them today 
with responsibility on travellers to complete expense claims will all become obsolete. Um, th there's no doubt that fragmentation will continue, but what's going to change the landscape is technology that takes payment data from multiple sources and uses AI to standardise it and to present it to finance managers in formats that work for them. So the idea here is to simplify. I mean, we keep hearing that travel programmes want more centralised payment options, but is it more than that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, if you take, for example, the new generation coming into work um, now, mm -hmm. um, for them, it's not so easy to obtain their own credit lines. You know, historically, it's always been kind of accepted that employees will use their own funds to pay for their trips and then claim it back. But for the newer generation, it's not always possible to do that. So there is an increased drive towards centralized payment options. Wow, that's a really great point that you brought up about the new generation of employees joining the workforce. And it sounds like uh, a program's payment strategy can really influence their talent attraction and retention. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing when I talk to travel managers. Uh, the data and all the other financial stuff is, of course, really important. But let's not forget that at the heart of this process is a traveler, um, a person who's out there giving up their personal time to benefit the business. Duty of care is really important and employees are right to expect that their well-being is taken care of during the trip. You know, and that includes their financial well-being, too. Adrian, so if our listeners are taking notes, what would your advice be on the top things they can do right now to make sure that they've got a successful, modern digital payment strategy? So how can they make sure that they're set up for success? Well, the first thing to consider, I think, is, you know, is Central Bill an option for your entire travel program? Um, today, you may be using a combination of corporate cards, lodge cards, and, and that's great, but you're still putting a degree of responsibility on your travelers. With Central Bill, it's a much better experience for your travellers and also potentially a much better experience for your finance teams as well with the reconciliation. Secondly, use virtual cards where possible. It's technology that is available today and it can offer you a lot of benefits. Thirdly, consider being brave. I mean, do you really need an expense management tool in the process if everything is being centrally paid? You have all of the data you need to be able to reconcile and post those charges. So why put that responsibility on your travelers to start spending time, valuable time, completing expense management reports? One final question, Adrian. If our listeners want to discuss their payment strategy or anything that they've heard on this episode, who should they reach out to or where should they go? So initially, I'd say contact your BCD program manager um, and they will put you in touch with me if needed. But also we have a lot of information on the BCD pages at bcdtravel.com. Okay, it is time for our quick connect segment to decompress after that discussion. So I'm going to ask a few questions and I want you both to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Everyone has a list of places they want to visit, but I want to know what destination on your bucket list is the most unique. For me, it has to be Dollywood. Dolly Parton, <laughs> the country western singer, has a theme park and resort, um, and I want to go there. Dollywood. Okay. For me, um, it's actually a small island in the South Atlantic called Tristan da Cunha. Ooh. It's one of the most remote places on earth. And I'd just love to experience, probably only for a short time, that feeling of complete isolation. How do you get there? Um, apparently, there are they have a, a, a ship that goes there with supplies twice a year, and they have 12 berths on board. 
That's the only way to get there. That might not be for me. I'm not sure if it (laughs) would be for me, but I'd I'd just love to think I could. uh, I'm just trying to experience it. I'm just trying to go to a theme park in the Great Smoky Mountains. (laughs) Um, Something real simple. Uh, I think mine would probably be Antarctica, but I am way too nervous to take that ship that goes from... Uh, you know, South America across that really rough stretch of water to Antarctica. So who knows? I'll never get there. Um, what items do you always travel with? What can't you live without? Well, for me, I'm, I'm a techie. Um, I've got to have my technology with me. I've got to have my iPad, which is fully loaded with TV shows to watch. I've got to have my, my headphones. I've got to have spare battery for all of my technology and all of the cables that go with it. I think you'd probably could guess my answer. For me, it's a big bag of Cheez-Its, which are cheese-flavored crackers, and uh, a cheap romance novel that I can leave the paperback behind once I fix, finish it. This is actually a, a fun, weird fact about me. I travel with my own pillowcases because I, I don't know, I get creeped out with hotel pillowcases, so I always travel with my own linens. That's so extra. I know, it really is. <laughs> All right, last question. Since we talked about digital payments today, how many different currencies do you have laying around your home from all of your travels? I do have a pouch in in my um, guest room, and it just accumulates and gets heavier and heavier. So I probably have six or seven currencies in there. Well, I work in the digital payments industry, so I have absolutely zero currencies laying around home. I think the last time... Get out of here. <laughs> the last time I spent any actual cash or uh, overseas was probably in 2016. Every single payment I've made ever since then has been digital. The same, Miriam. I have a giant pouch just full of like six or seven different currencies. But my favorite, I kind of like collecting them. I think it's like a fun memento to collect them. So... Yeah, until you've got well. British pounds on you and you've <laughs> yes. got $400 worth of coins. Yes. It's all fun and games. It's all fun and games till so you can't lift your pouch anymore. Wow, this was such a big topic, and I can't believe we talked about as much as we did on this episode. Adrian, you are amazing, very insightful. So thank you so much for sharing uh, all of your knowledge and tips with us. Agreed, Chad. And thank you, Adrian, for being here. I hope you'll come back if we've got another chance to hear from you. I certainly will. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you. If you're a travel buyer, frequent business traveler, or just someone who likes hearing about digital payments, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and download the Connections with BCD Travel podcast to stay up to date with new releases and listen to your favorite episodes. Thank you for connecting with us. BCD Travel helps customers travel smart and achieve more. We make this happen in over 100 countries as the 10-time award winner of BTN's most admired travel management company. Learn more about the information you heard today and what BCD Travel can do for you by visiting bcdtravel.com slash podcast. <laughs>